Hi everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from the Mailfuzz Network. I'm Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. I'm trying to think of Batman's catchphrase, but I don't think he has one. He just Irish goodbyes everybody. Uh, so. I think the closest he has to a catchphrase is, I'm Batman! Yeah, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. I could have said I am Gotham, but that didn't work either. Well, now that there's a character called Gotham, that's completely fucked. Like, we, yeah. <laughs> like, well, do you mean Batman or do you mean yeah. Gotham? Cause, exactly. You know, it could be either. Uh, yep. Anyway, we talk DC comics here, and every week we talk all about pretty much all of DC's comics, comic books, those things, the the floppies yeah. that we've. Well, I mean, I'm digital now, so it's not floppy. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's uh, pretty hard. I mean, <laughs> for for the people who listen to the audio version, I'm waving my iPad at the camera. Yeah. Um, and, and if you flop your iPad, things have gone very wrong. <laughs> yeah, so. it's time to replace it if it's going to flop. Yeah. Uh, well, that said, though, they are getting really into bendable screens like yeah. and phones and all that now, so who knows, maybe the next iPad will be floppy. <sighs> uh, now, of course, we're usually joined as well by Connor, but Connor is moving house. We mentioned this last week. He's without internet for the week. Plus, uh, last time he had to miss a week, he sent me like some opinions and his like ranking for the week he didn't even do that this week because he's moving house and he's not even had time to read everything because he's moving beds and building furniture and whatever else you're doing you move house yeah but mostly he's just upset that he has no internet for nearly a full week which honestly uh, does sound like living hell to me it does especially nowadays yeah. like i get upset when i can't hook up to the wi-fi when i go somewhere you know what i mean yeah i mean I mean, if you're someone who's entire like reliance from, I mean, I have a lot of Blu-rays, so I'm fine. But if you, if your yeah. entire movie reliance is on things like Netflix and Amazon and whatever other streaming service, you, poof, you're done. Yep. <laughs> you got nothing. But yeah, um, so no Connor. If you're on the video version, I have replaced Connor's face with something much more useful. It is a nice uh, advertisement and link to our other channel that does all the movie stuff. Which I'm mentioning specifically this time because, of course, Suicide Squad came out today at the time of recording. And come Sunday night, uh, our full review, our full spoiler discussion of that will be up. At the time of recording, I've seen the movie, Matt hasn't, but come Sunday we're going to record a video also with a couple of other people. And the Batman v Superman one, it probably won't go as long as that, but the Batman v Superman one went for two and a half hours. Because we had so much to talk about, so I was fired up. Yeah, we were, we were, you know, raring to go with that one. Uh, so if you like us talking about DC Comics and you want to hear his uh, mail spoiler alert for our thoughts on the movie, hate the shit out of this thing, then uh, go check that out. If you like the movie, then probably, if you like the movie and don't care for, you know opposite opinions i'd probably stay away from it honestly but uh that'll be up on sunday night so quick plug for that and yeah i'll put make sure there's a link for the the batman v superman one which again was a two and a half hour hate fest because we all despised it with well uh, then then you don't have to agree with us but that movie is garbage like um (laughs) it's it's not it's not even because they mess up the characters the movie's not well put together oh no it's it's a mess but like you know i I always like to preface that because if you like the movie you you don't want to just hear people bitch on it for two two hours then i get that like exactly but don't come expecting us to go hey but the bright side is because there was no bright side as far as we were concerned no hey wait a minute wait a minute alfred was pretty spot on there was one (laughs) there was one thing in that entire movie that was right and that was alfred Eh, (laughs) yeah sure 
But anyways. Yeah, comics. We're here we're going to talk about comics. Happier, happier yeah. things as, as of late. Um, well, this week. Yeah. Well, no, uh, this week's still mostly happy. It's just, oh, I'm banging the table. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Pete's a passionate, passionate man. Yeah, I'm, I'm being passionate this week. Um... So yeah, this week we will be talking about the following books. We have, in terms of new books, we have Suicide Squad Rebirth issue one. They timed that particularly well. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Really well, like, that is like even even in the past they've not timed a new book to launch the same week as a movie. They've you know they've hit the month, the month before maybe. This is eerily. But anyway, Suicide Squad Rebirth issue one, Harley Quinn issue one, also nice timing. Uh, Batman issue 4, Superman issue 4, Justice League issue 2, Nightwing issue 2, Green Arrow issue 4, Green Lanterns issue 4, and Aquaman issue 4 to round up things. So that's coming in the show. Uh, there's no news, so we're going to get straight into it, and we're going to tackle Suicide Squad Rebirth issue 1, which is written by Rob Williams and art by Philip Tan. And uh, this was a Rebirth issue. It uh, set things up we got some backstory it's basically just uh well first of all amanda waller goes to see the president she goes to see obama <laughs> yeah which that's like i i have two thoughts when you do that because in the future you're really time stamping it mm, yeah i kind of agree with that like, like this is also a universe that well maybe not this universe but it's it's a universe that has had lex Luthor as president so like can't you just make one up? Honestly, yeah, I, I would rather they made a president up. I know Marvel always do this where they have real presidents because I feel like I've seen that a lot more in Marvel. But um, honestly, I feel like the the next time one of these books has a president, they're probably going to forget they did this and just make one up anyway. Well, well, that's it. Like I feel an, an Aquaman because uh, that deals with, with the White House. The mm. last two issues. Like, we get the press secretary, and I can guarantee you it's not the same, like, real-life press secretary. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the one upside here is, though, is that Obama will not be president for much longer. So, yeah. you know, either they go with whoever's next, or that almost makes me want to get Trump to win, just so we can see Trump. No, don't, don't, don't! I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. Seriously, don't vote Trump. Do not vote Trump. Whatever you oh. do in life, do not vote Trump. Don't, don't forget there's a third... There's two third parties, all right? They'll gladly accept your vote, but let's not put that in, in the universe. Yeah, yeah. Don't vote Trump. <laughs> Please, for the love I'm pretty sure if there was a squad, they might be coming after him. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, so she gets approval for her suicide squad and gets Rick Flag. Interesting how we've got the movie line up here. Mostly yeah. Coming into this. Um... And it's basically the issue is basically her convincing Rick Flag to lead the Suicide Squad as the good person, as the you know the one who can lead them because he's a, an actual good guy and a soldier, mm-hmm. and not a criminal. Uh, it sets up that they've got their you know their bombs implanted in their necks and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. So in terms of the actual squad, we only get Harley, Deadshot, and Boomerang in this issue, unless I'm forgetting yeah. someone at the end. But I'm pretty nope. sure it's them. Just uh, as it's. And they're trying to save some scientist dude who they end up, like, like he's getting pulled away, and Deadshot decides to... No, actually, no, it's Boomerang, actually. Who, it's Boomerang. Yeah, he throws a Boomerang to cut off the guy's arms, because they need, they need to keep us in the case. The case is what's important, but they let the guy die, which, again, is a really cynical, uh, 
you know. It's just, it doesn't feel like it matched the rest of the Rebirth universe that we've gotten thus far. This still still feels very much like New 52. Mm. For its worst aspects with the shadowy government programs and and whatnot. And there was the the one thing I did like is early on, it has the descriptions of them like as captions, mm. which I liked, you know, because um, it let you know who each of the characters of the squad was really quick. Like we didn't have to dive into these like origin stories of them, which is cool. Yeah, I mean... I didn't love this. I didn't. I mean, I didn't even particularly like it, but I didn't dislike it either. I thought it was like you know, it was perfectly fine. Like, I think if you watch Suicide Squad book, this is an okay start. Um, it didn't put me off. Like, I'm definitely like you know, this is a rebirth issue. I'm definitely wanting to try issue one to see you know, see if it's better, see if, see where it's going, what it's like. I didn't think yeah. the art was particularly great. I thought it was a wee bit too. Um, it's very like, spotty in parts. Like Harley yeah. looks really like. Her face looks out of proportion. Like sometimes mm. it looks like a like a doll's face. You know. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. Uh, and I mean, I like the structure of the book. I like that it like, it cut between the mission and like Waller convincing Rick Flag to take the mission, and then of course Rick Flag, you know. So we cut to the back to the mission, and Rick Flag comes storming in to like help and save the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I you know I thought it read well enough. Like, I thought it flowed well. I thought it. This is maybe spoiling what I think of the next book we're going to talk about, but yeah. um, I read this after Harley Quinn, and this benefited a lot from being read after Harley Quinn because this <laughs> because this flowed well enough and it read like a comic book. And I, at the end, you know, I got through it quick enough, and um, I would like to like I would like to enjoy Suicide Squad. I'm not like when it comes to comic book heroes, I am very much into the heroes and the villains. I like the villains as what they are for the heroes and antagonists, but yeah. I've never been someone who follows the villain series. Whenever they announce, you know, Sinestro book or over at yeah. Marvel they have a the Venom book or whatever, like I've always just like, eh, it's not for me, you know. Yeah, the only the only person I get hyped for when they do is is Lex Luthor, because I feel like in his head he is the hero, so you mm. you can treat him as such. I don't get that vibe with any of these, any of these. Uh, versions like Harley and, and Boomerang and Deadshot like you know I had read Secret Six that's how I was introduced to Deadshot and I feel like they've just you know throw a mask on Deadshot and that's like his defining character trait now mm, yeah. you know like there's nothing to me that, that drew me into these characters that I want to read more about them well, I, I mean, I haven't read Secret Six I know Blasphemy it's one of my my holes from my DC past that I need to fill up. Yeah, but, but you've read uh, Brian Q. Miller's Batgirl, so that makes up for everything. Oh, hell yes. I love that book. Oh. But, um, as I understand it, that book at least gradually turns them into more anti-heroes as it goes on, and they become sympathetic. Yep. And I feel like that's what you kind of want to do with Suicide Squad. But I think yep. to do that, you have to be smart with what villains you're putting on the team. Because they can't be yep. ones that you want to use as villains again, really. You have to yep. you have to commit to making them more sympathetic. They don't have to become, like, goody-two-shoes by any means. No. But they can be a bit more heroic. And I'm not so sure I really see Harley Quinn becoming no. that. Or I, no. I, and I know every 52 book had her become more of an anti-hero. I never read that. <laughs> So, yeah. fair enough, but I, personally, I don't really see Harley Quinn as being that, so, you know, sorry. 
Well, no, and I that's why I always thought it was a mistake to put her in, because this is, you know, Harley wasn't in the Suicide Squad until the New 52. Like, it was always made up of, like, like C-listers, like Captain Boomerang, like, who who got fed up, you know, trying to take down the Flash and just takes this, you know, he'll let them put a bomb in his neck if he, you know, gets out of out of the, the prison. And and Flag was their, their um, sword I'm looking for, like, Handler. You know, and here they've just, I feel like they've wanted names, so that's why they threw Harley in there. And it to me, it, it's not the traditional Suicide Squad anymore, because I don't feel any of these characters are expendable. Like, that's what you want in a Suicide Squad, mm, you know? Yeah, you don't, you don't feel like any of them could die, especially, yeah. and you, you always know that if they, they do put a team together for the first time, there's always that one guy that's, like, really <laughs> obscure, and you know he's just there so that they, he can prove that the bomb works. Yeah. Yep. Like that's his purpose, you know? Yep. And it always happens. So, I mean... Uh, but like I said, I don't think this was bad by any means. I, I just think it... Uh, like, I'm not overly sold on it yet. And I don't know if I will be. But I, I think if you like the idea of Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. No, and that that's the thing. I think it's an acquired taste, and it's just not one that I want... Yeah. I mean, I'm still going to go on with the first issue because I do want to see the team dynamic more. Yeah. Whereas, where at least, at least here, unlike Red Hood and the Outlaws, we got the Suicide Squad. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, if this was like Red Hood and the Outlaws, it would have just been Rick Flag or just Deadshot right. for an issue. Right. And so here we got to see them a little bit. And I mean, yeah, they act like a team, but I want to see who else. Like, Killer Croc was in all the promos. Standing with Harley. I want to see how he winds up there. Yeah, it's basically going to be the movie team uh, once it's all done. I actually quite like that it started with a smaller batch of them, though. Like, starting with just three, I think it's a good idea. And then you can introduce the rest, like, gradually. Right, and they were holdovers from New 52, I think, too, because they were... I know Deadshot and Harley, because they were there from day one uh, in 2011 when it relaunched. So I'm not sure about Boomerang, but I know for sure those two were... But yeah, I don't know. Part of me wants to say it's also the worst of the Rebirth books just because it's so unlike any of the other ones. Now, when you say worst of the Rebirth books, do you just specifically mean the Rebirth one-shots? Yes, just the one-shots. Because the other ones seem to more set up. Like, this does some setup, but not on the level. Like, I feel like this could be a pocket universe. I don't feel like anything they're doing is interacting with anything else. You know, like we saw in Red Hood, we saw him interact with Batman and saw how very much we're, he's going to play in here uh, in yeah. the universe. This was just none of that. It was basically a, a, a prelude story. So. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Uh, so that's Suicide Squad. Uh, not too hot on it, but uh, certainly there's nothing wrong with it. But I mean, so if you like, if you like the idea of Suicide Squad, you want to be Suicide Squad, I think yeah. you'll be okay with it. Uh, art's a little bit rough here or there, but you know. Uh, yeah. So that's the first of the two new books we got this week. The other one was Harley Quinn issue one. And the funny thing with Harley Quinn issue one is that this didn't have a rebirth. This just went straight to issue one. And holy shit, it could have used a rebirth issue because. This this basically just continued whatever the previous series was. At least I'm assuming yeah. it did, because I felt this like is... I was thrown into the middle of a run. Yep, because this was Harley Quinn issue thirty one. 
you know? Yeah, basically. Because I, I, other than Harley, and I, I guess Poison Ivy, who's in the first uh, few pages, yeah. I had no idea who anyone was. Me neither. I didn't know why the guy had tools as his thought bubbles, or his speech bubbles, rather. <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I don't know why there's a guy with a Danzig tattoo. And, I don't, this is, I, I know you didn't like this book more than I didn't like it. Yeah. But how you felt about Suicide Squad is how I feel about this, is the people that are going to keep reading this, I think, are already invested. Because this is not a good jumping on point. Oh, no, no, sure. I mean, if you like the previous 30 issues, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same team, or at least the same writers yeah. as the, yep. the, at least the last batch of issues. So, like, if you like that, I'm sure you'll continue liking it, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Great, you've got it. I have no interest in taking it away from you. It's, it's not like... It's not yeah. like if this was like you don't know Batman or Nightwing or Supergirl, like I'd be annoyed because I want one that I like. With Harley, I don't really need a Harley book, so yeah, sure, have your Harley book and enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not going to take it away. But from I also it. see. I have a traditionalist view of Harley as Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, Harley, mm. and I know characters are allowed to evolve over time and whatnot, but it just feels like she's DC's Deadpool. Oh yeah, that's what it feels. No, absolutely, I agree with that. So they, they are going for their version of Deadpool, like so much with this, you know. And again, going back to stuff that I don't know why this is here. Like I don't know that she owned a club, or she runs a club. Like this is news. To I didn't me. either. Last I heard, she was on a on a roller derby team, and they show up, <laughs> you know. But here she's running a like a boardwalk in Coney Island, and has a wax museum. And has a uh, like a what else was there? A burlesque theater. Yeah. Like and it's just it's so quirky. Like it needs to be wearing a fedora hat and drinking a craft beer. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's just so. Like, I, I first and foremost, I had I had actually trouble getting through this. There was mm -hmm. a point maybe about eight pages in where I was like, "Oh God, how much of this is left?" And I checked. Mm -hmm like what page I was on I was like oh my god I'm not even halfway like that was how I felt reading this like I was struggling to get through the pages I felt like there was so much like dialogue and yep. I wasn't really enjoying the dialogue and and yeah it doesn't really feel like Harley at least not the Harley that I know like and I'm not yeah again it's not like characters can't evolve but I... like she has this weird moral code now whereas you know to me Harley is insane right and is quite happily to kill people, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, I just, like, if you like this book, then great, that's fine, I just, I had, like, I, there was only one moment in this entire book I liked, there was one joke that made me smile, which was, it was the alien landing, and thinking the cows must be the, the head of the planet, because they have four legs, and right. then, the you know the the farmers or whatever the the ran the cattle you know ranchers come to right. uh you know mince them <laughs> and kill them for beef and just the aliens horror of going oh god what's happening oh my god no and that being the cause of the uh the zombie outbreak, outbreak. Yeah. that made me laugh just the alien being like sh like horrified that yeah, he's being murdered what, what they're doing to the cows yeah, yeah. That, that... and then he's next in line because he. <laughs> Took the wrong form. Yeah, so... Th th that made me laugh. Because that was so outrageous. But that was completely standalone. That could have been in anything, almost. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, well, I mean, that was the origin of the, the Skull Kill Crew from Marvel in, like, the 70s, 80s, is there was a stupid story where they had tricked these scrolls into being uh, thinking they were cows, so they shapeshift, and then those cows get turned into hamburger meat, and these people eat them and end up with superpowers. <laughs> okay, we're talking about like 70s, 80s, not... Holy. Yeah, the 2010s. So it's like, all right, cool, I guess. If you like this book, great. I'm happy for you. But uh, this is my first and last foray into this. Unless unless I see her don the black and reds with the jingle bells on them. Um, mm. There's even a guy who shows up in this. It looks like Deadpool. Yeah, he's the, the toolbox guy. Uh, that's right. Yeah, he's the one who's all these speech bubbles are in toolbox shape. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure there's a reason for it but I don't care enough to know what the reason is yeah I, you know I mean art's fine like yeah oh that's that's always the thing I mean uh, Paul Miotti and Connor the, those books always look good yeah so I don't know I, to me Harley's voice just wasn't there I didn't I didn't hear Harley's voice as I was reading this no and they they really play up the Brooklyn thing mm. too and they they play with her speech like it's you know they're writing in dialect and doesn't trans you know it I am a fan of dialect and you know because we'll talk about that in Superman because uh, because Bibbo makes an appearance and there in small doses I think it works but when it's coming up in like every other speech bubble yeah it gets a little annoying so I mean if you did your job writing it properly we'll hear the voice you know. And for most of us in a certain age range, it's going to be the Tara Strong Harley voice. Yeah. Um, so, no, I'm kind of down on it. Like, I have no interest in reading this issue, too. I, I struggle to finish this one, so it's an instant drop for me. Um, I, 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 dislis- I dislike this more than Red Hood Rebirth. Oof. Well, so. that's, that's heavy. <laughs> I, I hate to be harsh, but uh, just not for me. If you like it, then great. Um, all power to you. Uh, rock on. You can keep your Harley Quinn book and let it run for 500 issues if you want. <laughs> um, I will be ignoring it quite happily. All right. Yep. Uh, that'll take us on to Batman issue four, uh, written by Tom King and art by David Finch. I just realized I forgot to tell you who did Harley Quinn. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Harley Quinn was uh, written by Amanda Cotter and Jimmy Palmiotti and art was by J- Chad Harden. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so Batman, issue four, Tom King, David Finch. And we have been enjoying this. It's been very steady, very consistent, and but just gradually getting better as well. You know, just a nice steadiness. We really liked issue three. Issue four, um, I also really enjoyed. I thought the idea that uh, Psycho Pirate, who we seen at the end of the last issue, has yeah. uh, mined well, fucked, basically, uh, yeah. Gotham, and turned him into a homicidal Superman. Yeah, because that's a trope we've never seen before. Oh, I'm sorry, do I detect salt? Did you not enjoy this? It's a, here's my thing, and I think this is a Tom King issue. I feel so much happens off-panel and in-between issues. Like, it makes me feel that I've I've left something. Like, I would have liked to have seen the scene the Psycho Pirate in Gotham or flashes of it. You know? 
Hmm. And instead, we get dropped right into the middle of this room where I couldn't tell if that was Gotham Girl. Like, I put it together after, you know, a page. But I'm thinking this is just another case. Oh, no, I got it was Gotham Girl. I actually kind of liked that jump. Um, because they kind of, like, because at first I'm like, wait, who did this? What And, you know, it was like, you know, it slowly built and fell in. You know, yeah. like, it was Gotham and it was he's went crazy. Uh, we also, we got another suicide uh, guy yeah. with, like, uh, the monster men are coming. That's the stuff I'm enjoying the most, is is the whole monster men subplot. Because it's one one panel, one page, here and there. And it, like, that's how comics, like, that's how I came up reading comics with Jeff Johns' Flash. So I like that they're playing, you know, down the line. And it's not just the one story right now with Gotham and Gotham Girl. It's the coming of the Monster Men. So that's cool. Um, but, yeah, just the, uh, I don't know. I think I'm still, the salt's still fresh in the wound from Batman vs. Superman. So I don't want to see Batman versus the Super Being again. Like I didn't. Oh, I was hoping it's, this wouldn't it's not go the same that direction. Thing. It's not the same thing, but the beats are are similar. And I know it's. I know it's not going to do the same thing. You know, and I I do like when um, Batman does confront Gotham. You know that he's trying to talk him down. He's actually being proactive in it. Um. Yeah, he's, so. he's, he's doing it, going about it the right way. And, uh, by the and way, there's proper humor, too. Because, I, I, I was uh, just going to uh, mention one of the jokes yeah. I liked. Uh, yeah. When Alfred offers Gotham Girl coffee, and she wakes yeah. up screaming, going, no, no, no. Obviously, talking yeah. about something completely different. And Alfred right. just cracks out, perhaps tea, then. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that cracked me up. Uh, no, no, I, I, I like how dangerous Psycho Pyra is. Obviously, a big part of the issue, other than Batman going to try and talk him down when he's trying to rebuild the bridge mm-hmm. and getting the Batmobile wrecked is Batman, you know, tracking down um, Amanda Waller. Yeah. And General Lane. And by the way, humour again. That was fantastic. Yeah, so Batman... Or so, G- General Lane and Amanda Waller are sitting discussing that Batman might be, like, coming after them. He might have put two and two oh. together and realised that they're involved. And General Lane's like, no, no, we're like... You know, 50 feet underground, we have the best security defences in the world. He'll never get in he'll, here. He'll, he'll never, never get in here. Yeah. <laughs> General Lynn, the Batman, standing behind you right now. <laughs> oh, and the that's... Batman proceeds to throw him into the wall. You oh, know? yeah, he's not amused. No, because Lane pulls his sidearm on him, you know, and Batman deals with it. I like that. That was... I think I think it also helps that General Lane's always a dick. Yeah, and no every, matter what. Yeah, every comic, every TV show, everything I've ever seen him in, he's always a dick. Yep. So Batman throwing his head against the wall is just kind of <laughs> uplifting, and yep. you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, so no, uh, really nice conversation at them, and you know, Waller kind of blames Batman for all these like various, you know, all the meta humans and all the stuff in Gotham, and um goes down to all that stuff now and then batman tracks down gotham to his parents house and his parents have been killed gotham's parents specifically yep and uh the issue ends with gotham snapping the neck of one of the soldiers yeah because it was the soldier that had 
killed his parents because he had survived and had snapped a picture of Gotham and Gotham Girl because Gotham took off his 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 mask or cowl, whatever he wears. Yeah. That's another thing I liked is that Batman, you know, breaking it down. And he's not like spoon feeding us as the audience. How does it happen? It's Batman telling Gotham, like, he knows what happened. He wasn't even there. He's like, you know, the mask gets sweaty and itchy and you took it off to cool off. And he wasn't dead and snapped a picture. I like that, you know. Uh, the other thing I like, too, is how he's describing how they're different. As, as Batman tells him, you know, I go down with the plane. You lift the plane out of the sky. You know? Yeah. Um no, I think it's a really powerful ending because it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's like this weird thing where Batman can relate to what's just happened to him, but Gotham immediately crosses the line, and now Batman's got to deal with them. Like it's, it's yep. just it's on now. Like he has to deal with them because he yep. can't let them just go around killing people. Um, and that's your cliffhanger. Uh, so it's a very simple issue, but there's a couple of really great standout scenes in there, and it gets things going. Um, art's pretty consistent with what came before. I think there's maybe a couple of spotty moments. Um, but pretty much everything we've said about uh, Finch's art with uh, this series so far pretty much mm-hmm. continues forward. So um, no, that's Batman issue four. Um, really, I, I think once once we hit issue three, I think that series has hit a nice consistent stride for me. Yep. So um, now looking forward to the next issue. So that'll take us on to Superman issue four, which is written by Peter J. Tomasi and art by Patrick Gleason. And uh, this picks up straight up where the last one ended, uh, mm-hmm. more or less. And the Eradicator, Superman are throwing down. And John, like, Lois is uh, trying to calm John down, saying that he's got the best of, bo- best of both worlds and all that. Yep. And John has his epic moment, probably one of the uh, standout moments for both of us, I think, is him yep. using his heat vision to put uh, Crypto's cape on as his new cape. Yep. Yep. And and zipping up his you know dollar store, or his his second hand Superman jacket, yeah. and then he goes to help his dad, and that splash page is fantastic. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a nice big two page splash. We got uh, both of them punching. You know, one on either side. Um, yep. It is really, I think, a beauty. Now, this is where the issue gets a bit weird, though. <laughs> because... Was well, not expecting this at all. No, Eradicator basically, like, explodes and all the trapped, like, souls of, like, Krypton yep. and various other places by the, the looks of it all sort of start pouring out. Uh, and, tr- like, they car- it carries Superman and Superboy. And Lois as well, actually. Does it carry Lois? Yeah, yep. it carries Lois. It carries everyone. Oh. And they all get carried to a, a bar just outside of uh, Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know more about this other character. There you go, Matt. You, you tell us about So Bibbo is this really blue-collar guy that lives uh, near Suicide Slum. I can't remember if it, he lived in Suicide Slum or not. In Metropolis. And um, he's like Superman's biggest fan. And we haven't seen him for a while. Like, I can't recall him showing up in New 52. Um, but he shows up here, and he's got a, like, shrine in his bar to Superman. And when we're introduced to him, he's talking with a guy 
about the death of, of the New 52 Superman. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird that they're playing with the continuity like that because if he was the biggest fan and he was close to Superman, hmm. like, why didn't we see him earlier? You know, but at this point, I don't care. He could have had the biggest sure. fan without have seen him. I mean, yeah, but I just you know, there's pictures of them together and whatnot, and it just it really plays up to the old continuity. So I feel like he's going to play a bigger part hmm, once okay. after this first arc gets gets situated. But yeah, so he's just this blue collar guy that really looks up to Superman. He he owns and runs this bar in a rough part of town. So uh, and we see him here. He's arm wrestling a guy from Gotham. Can't remember the guy's name. But, you know, that was pretty pretty cool introduction. But so they end up at his bar and all the souls, which, again, are they souls? Are they data? Cause, yeah, it's, it's really weird. But obviously, the, the real yeah. surprising and touching moment that happens, yeah. and I'm sure pulled on a heartstring for you, was yeah. when one of the souls goes into Clark and he gets, like, a moment of, like, advice or, like, a moment of time with Jonathan Kent. Yep. And... It's, it's people who, like, I mean, don't we know, Jonathan Kent was already dead when we got to New 52, he was already gone. Yeah. Um, but as someone who thinks the, the parents are really important to Superman, because they are, and yep. the way the New 52 kind of, like, ripped them away like, at such a young age from Clark was yep. really, really, like, it was kind of unforgiving. Like, it, it was basically the biggest thing right, right away that tainted the whole thing. Well, yeah, and again, it came from Morrison's action where it was, again, we know this through hindsight, but not at the time, that that was supposed to be its own story about, you know, Golden Age Superman, which yeah, that had happened. Essentially an Elseworld. Right, and so this we, we haven't gotten to know Ma and Pa Kent in this universe, so we get to see Pa here, you know, give Superman some advice, you know, or not, not exactly advice, but some nice words of encouragement. Yeah. So, and it, yeah, it was a very touchy moment. And you see, and this always is what shoots down the Kill Bill argument to me. You know, where, where Bill tells Beatrix that Superman's the guy in the suit, not Clark Kent. Clark Kent's the, the costume. Hmm. But when he goes and he's meeting Pa Kent here, he's dressed as Clark. Oh, yeah, he's the farm boy. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I... you know. Not even a question in my mind who he really is. Yeah, so that was a nice touch, and it's really good scene. And I like I do like how they're playing with the Eradicator and how the Eradicator wants Clark to to remake Krypton, but Clark's not like yes he's Kryptonian, but he's as much as Earth. Just like where where Jonathan shares uh, the the human DNA. You know, um, I would say they're both equally from Earth, Superman and, and the Sun. Right? That was just me kind of rambling, trying to put the right words together. Um, but, you know, so he's not going to just go along with with the Eradicator be like, hey, we're starting Krypton, come on, let's go. Yeah, no, you know? obviously. Um, I, th- I think for me, some of the action in the issue was a... I mean, it wasn't bad, but, it, like, I think... It was better than last week, or not last week, but the last issue, um, but not as strong as issues one and two for me, because I did have those nice moments with Pa Kent, and it did have that great moment to start with Jonathan putting on his cape and 
yeah. uh, punching Eradicator side by side with Superman. Uh, yeah. There's also moments later on where he's using his heat vision to try and uh, slow Make Eradicator steam. down. Yeah, he's yeah. making steam. Yeah, he's trying to slow him down while Superman's flying him away. Um, and all that stuff's really fun. There's some good stuff here, and there's like the 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 ghost or the data like talking to him, yeah. and like you know, uh, Superman's the only one who can hear it. And, uh, yeah. and the big cliff out at the end, of course, is that Superman put, <laughs> puts Lois and John into a submersible <laughs> and is flying them out to the moon. Yep. Because uh, why not? Well, presumably that's where. Uh, they're going to be safe. <laughs> and, of course, it gets the fight away from uh, people as well. Right, right. Because that's what Superman does. That's what Superman does. That's the... But, yeah, I thought it was a, still a pretty strong issue for for all of that. Because, you know, it had the, the Eradicator stuff. And it looks like that's dealt with for now. You know? Mm. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Eradicator shows back up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I expect it would be. I feel like. I feel yeah, because even even, uh, the, the line of dialogue from the guy he, he references the Terminator. He's like that guy was like a, a super Terminator, and I've seen that. That's right. You know, like yeah. he, that that line alone is like okay. He's 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 getting back up. He's not he's not down yeah. for the count. He's Superman's yep. bought some time, and he's he's getting uh, lost and joint to safety. Yep. On the moon of all places. That says. I mean, we are speculating a little bit because what one of the things at the end here is. Uh, uh, you know the the final bit of contemplation where he says the Man of Steel's got a plan. No, you know we don't really know what that plan is yet. No, we know he's thinking about something. But we do know, something. yeah, if the Eradicator is still uh, up and kicking, then he's gonna want to get rid of John. So let's you know get it away from collateral. Mm. You know, mom's not gonna leave it. But no, I just thought it was funny that there was a deep sea submersible just outside in the docks. <laughs> a little bit confusing. You know, the, that yeah, that's designed to go to the deepest parts of the ocean. Yeah. Oh man, if I had to uh, talk to Tomasi, I'll ask him if that's a James Cameron thing because you got the kind of a Terminator reference. That's true. You got a deep sea submersible. You know. That is true. That is a uh, two Cameron things there back to back. Uh, it's worth yeah. mentioning as well. The art is gorgeous, um, yeah. as it has been uh, consistently. Yeah. So no, no change there. Uh, it was a solid issue. I thought there was some some good action. Uh, so, some of the the whole like ghost thing was a little bit weird. Yeah. Like I felt a couple was... of, a couple of times I had to almost go back a page and just sort of like, right, am I reading this right? <laughs> like, yeah, is, this, well, is see, this what's happening? Yeah, you're reading them digitally, so maybe there was a glitch for me. I thought maybe some pages got stuck together because when you pull them out of the the, the bags and boards. You know, sometimes the pages don't come all the way apart. Mm. So I had to go back and double check to make sure that wasn't yeah. the situation. But yeah, I mean, definitely wasn't expecting the souls of Krypton yeah, that, and whatnot. That's a really high concept thing. Like, yep. you know, like you have to sort of wrap your head around because you're like, oh, yeah, this isn't normal. <laughs> right, I, I would expect that in a Morrison comic, not so much a Tomasi and Gleason comic. Yeah. But I like that it didn't. We didn't get weird right away. We, we we're really connected to these characters first, so it's yeah, yeah. And I, I'm enjoying it so much that I'm happy to see where it's going to go. Um. So no, uh, Superman issue four. Trucking on, as it were. Um. All right. So that's Superman. That'll take us on to Justice League issue two, uh, written by Brian Hitch and art by Tony S. Daniel. 
And I thought this was better than issue one, which I thought was better than the rebirth issue. Yeah. I'm not I'm not enjoying it as much as you are. Um I do like that each of the team members, they are acting like a team. Like each has a specific role. So you I, know I think I mean honestly I, I just I don't need it to be anything special. I just kinda like that it feels epic that the characters all get their moments. You know, some really, and obviously the art's really good. Some that that first two page yeah. spread of uh, uh, Jessica and Baz, yeah, you know, oh. put putting like evacuating the city and all these like Green Lantern constructs and of boats and yeah, of, and ships, yeah, zeppelins. I think one's a zeppelin. That one looks like yeah. a zeppelin to me. Yeah, no doubt. Tony Daniels' art's spot on. I just, it's the story that I'm kind of like, eh, like. I'm sure it'll read best as a trade, but as we're getting pieces by piece, I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. There's these see, weird orbs in, in the mantle. See, I'm kind of okay with the the pace just because it is every two weeks rather than monthly. Oh, so it's not a pace thing. I just feel like the way that they're revealing the information, like mm. from they started as a mystery and now at the end of this, they're, you know, bombarding with more of the stuff that was in was it in Gotham? Where Batman needed to yell for Flash to help. Yeah, yeah. Actually that you mentioned that I wanted to mention also that uh two page layout with uh Flash running around <laughs> and grabbing everything and like Batman it's just great. finishing his sentence <laughs> like in the next panel. There's yeah. a really nice touch. I like that. Yeah, there's good stuff in it. It's definitely not my favourite book so oh, far in these issues. I, I, I absolutely like I like as much as I am enjoying this for what it is, it's never going to be in my top, like, you know, top three or top, you yeah. know, like, it's, it's not, it's not breaking any ground, it's just, it's just kind of solid, classic, kind of generic Justice League story, but the art's really nice, and... Yeah, and see, that's where I get with, with the generic part, where I'm just like, well, you kind of put this in any era, like, it's not special to Rebirth, except for the character. But the big thing, characters. I think, with this issue... Mm-hmm. Is that they all they all sort of reconvene at the Watchtower and they talk about what's going on, and they realise that there's things in the uh, deep in the Earth's crust that they've they been to deal there with. for ages. Yeah, they must have been there the whole time and just can never detect them before. But right. what I really like about this issue, because obviously they mentioned Superman in the the last issue, is oh he's helping doing stuff in other cities, but we're not going to involve him because he's you know this new Superman that we don't know, but. I like that they come up with something here that only he can do. And I, I like how, you know, Wonder Woman just uh, says at the end, we're, we're going to need him. Like, just, yeah. that's all she says, and you know who she means. Uh, and it's a really, really nice moment. Actually, it's Batman that says that. I do apologise. Uh, but I, I said Wonder Woman because it cuts to Wonder Woman's eyes afterwards in the next yeah. panel. Because uh, it's Batman and Wonder Woman who know him, that know that he exists. The rest of them right. really don't. Right. So, um, but they they show that look, and it's a really nice moment. Which is how the how the comic ends as well. Um, we also get some it's... of Aquaman uh, dealing with the fact that Atlantis is basically wrecked, and we see some weird crystalloid being being <laughs> born in the water. <laughs> and it looks like it's made out of people. <laughs> like, I'm just like, you know, oh, so points. Yeah, points to. To Hitch for for coming up with this like, off the wall stuff like that, you know. Think, and the 
the Zodiac crystals yeah. that miraculously save Aquaman. I think when I glanced at it, I thought it just looked sort of watery. Like, I didn't actually yeah. look... But now you've said that. Yeah, it's people. Yeah, there's, there's people in there. Huh. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's a big style story. You know, and um, I just wish I cared more about what those orbs were, you know? Eh, I don't think it's important. <laughs> I really don't think it's important. I think this is a, a one-arc story, they're going to deal with it, and it's going to be a way. I, I, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Hitch has got some grand plan for a run where these things are going to lead to something big. Maybe they are. I don't know. Uh, but the issue ends with Batman coming to see Superman, and uh, he says a line, this is a job for Superman. Nice little touch. So, yeah, I, I, like I say, I think the plot is nothing special, but I think it's been told well enough, and the character's all in place, and there's a lot of those little nice touches where he's getting all the character interactions right, and, you know, this is a job for Superman, or yeah. uh, Flash running around and grabbing everything before, you know, Batman can finish his sentence. Just little things like that. There's enough in there. Like, if this... Mm-hmm. Say this was the, the, the movie we get, right? This is the Justice League movie oh. we get. I'd be stoked. Yeah, this would be this would be perfect. So I guess instead of generic, you say it's a basic Justice League story. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just a dependable Justice League story, and I think I think that's fine. I, that, yeah, that's fine. Like I'm not gonna drop it. I'm still gonna keep reading. So. Yeah, I, I just think it's enjoyable. I, I you know it's nothing groundbreaking, as I said. So, uh, well, that's Justice League. Uh, uh, sort of feeding out this story a little bit by bit. But including Superman's exciting, so fun stuff. Um, next up, Nightwing issue two, which mm-hmm. is uh, written by Tim Seeley and art by Avier uh, Fernandez, which uh, I thought was pretty fantastic. Nightwing again, yep, uh, really hit it out of the park. So uh, Nightwing is dealing with the fact that he's got this new partner named Raptor, mm-hmm. who is very arrogant. Thinks he's better than Batman. Thinks that Batman's taught Dick all wrong. Yep. Uh, which is especially arrogant in the DC universe because Batman's Batman. <laughs> and he's about as uh, arrogant as you get. And now, obviously, I think part of my favourite stuff in this, again, was the interaction with Barbara Gordon. Because, yeah, come on. Like, I love that they're following through with this. And it's a thing. And it's a... Yep. Well, she's a she's a, a supporting character. I mean, she's been in two of the three issues, right? Was she in the Rebirth? She wasn't. She wasn't in Rebirth, but she was in issue one. Okay. Yeah. So, and I like that, and the but, the the callback to the present. Yeah. Not not only yeah, we got the present right, but not only did we get the present. The the final scene calls back to their their roof, you yeah. know, the bridge thing, in the first issue, which was a great moment. So not only is a great content continuity there. Or continuity there, sorry. Not <laughs> only that, the whole thing makes the whole universe feel connected because she not only is in Japan, which she is in Batgirl issue one, she even mm-hmm. says that part of the inspiration for doing that trip in the first place was Nightwing saying he was going to Russia for a mission. Mm-hmm. And then she also says that she didn't mind leaving Gotham because she knew that the new Gotham twins were there and the Batwoman's boot camp was up and running. <laughs> look, yeah. look, in one panel... I was like, this is a world. This feels yep. like it's a thing. Like everything's connected. And there weren't they would they they didn't feel compelled to add editors boxes to be like, well, check out Detective Comics for this. Check out yeah. 
I don't think they needed so, two. I think that was a bit no. too much, especially since you'd have like three of them. <laughs> right, and that's what I'm saying is they're confident in the story they're telling just to let it ride. Yeah, no, so, that, I, I really like that. See, when I read that, I was like, oh man, this just all feels like it's all interlinked. It feels... And now we know this Nightwing story is set alongside Batgirl's first arc as well, whereas, you know... Batgirl and the Birds of Prey set a bit later because it's after the first Batgirl arc. You know, like you're you're building a bit of a timeline. You're you're seeing where things mm-hmm. sort of slot in, and no, I really like that. Like Dick and Babs and their like chemistry and the way they play off each other. And this is great. It was great in the last issue. It's great in this issue, and you know you feel a little bit sad at the end when Dick stands her up because he's got stuff to go do, and it's kind of upsetting. Yeah, well, more like he. <sighs> Yes, he does kind of stand her up, but it's not like... Yeah, no, he's not just been, well, yeah. <laughs> a dick. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but he's... Yeah, it's very heartbreaking when you see him have to ignore that yeah, text. Yeah, he has to ignore the text. Because he has to prove himself to Raptor and do the job. And Babs is there in her date outfit, and she's like, I thought this was a date. Which, again, fantastic callback to that joke in the last issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. So, I mean, I thought she was just a one issue thing last time, but now that she's been in this one and we've had this part, I don't necessarily need her in the next issue, but I feel like we have to follow up in this now. There has to yep. be, you know, more to this. Right. There has to be a conclusion. Well, yeah, someone has to, because Batman's already made it known that he's going to be hands off. Mm. So we kind of need someone that's going to be concerned, because I don't think Babs really knows what's going on, right? Uh, what do you mean with Dick and Raptor and all that? Well, with Dick working for the Parliament of Owls. Uh, I can't remember if she said... If, I'd have to go back and look at the conversation from the last issue again to see what yeah. she knows exactly. But she she knew it was dangerous, so I think she... I would think she knows some of it. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. It adds, yeah, well, it adds someone that is caring about what he's doing. On a, on a level. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it gives them a tie, which is nice. Because yeah. one, one of the problems with the New 52 was that everyone felt they, they lacked supporting cast members. Like, there was no yeah. ties to anyone for a lot of the heroes. So it's it's nice that they have this. And again, like I say, that it's just such a fantastic callback to the last issue. And I'm investing in this. I care about them. I care about these <laughs> crazy kids. Uh dear. Uh, otherwise, though, the issue featured uh, sort of Nightwing trying to prove himself to Raptor. Raptor saying yeah. he can't do the the thing. We also got big, uh, <laughs> the big fat woman yeah. giving this weird birth. The, the cobra. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. That was rough. Which again, but... world building. Cobra was involved in Batman issue one. Yep. So, you know, it all comes back. But, uh, yeah, so Cobra was attacking a Parliament of Owls ship. Filled with... Go on, say it. Oh, filled <laughs> with refugees. Um, they don't say from where, but basically the Parliament's going to ship them into Greece, yeah. where the Parliament's going to take over because of what's going on there. Which, see, this is how I feel like you tie it into the real world. Instead of, instead of throwing Obama in there... As the president, talk about stuff like this, where the villain group wants to take over a country because it's vulnerable to be taken over, and they're gonna turn it into their own, you know, country. And they're these refugees are gonna be the ones that build it. Yeah, um, 
which of course is a big problem for Dick to let that go because you know yeah. this, this refugee is basically being kidnapped to go and do slave work. Um, right. Obviously, a big theme of this issue is that Raptor keeps talking about brands and like you know like building yeah. an image of himself, and you know it makes Dick sort of question like if he's an extension of Batman and. You know, like the little girl when he picks her up in the ship, and she sees the uh, like the blue Nightwing logo, and yeah. it, makes, it instantly makes her feel a bit safer. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really interesting to explore this and like, you know, what, what does it mean to be Nightwing, and what what does that symbol mean? Why why do we have this? And of course, it's stuff we've kind of explored before in a way, but not not in the sense of calling it a brand in the way that he talks about it, because he's obviously a mercenary who just gets paid for what he does. So it's- yeah, but like, yeah, but it is a marketing and a brand when you think about it. I mean, that's all what Batman's about. It is, but it's, but not in this, not in the profiteering off of it way. Yeah, well, because you know? bra- bra- brand is a commercial thing, and right. myth is what Batman deals in. He deals in the myth and the symbol of something. Right. Um. So that you and it, it's similar to what a brand is, but it's. There's, there's a context to the way you say it, and brand is very specific. It's very cynical, and it's very, you know, like I say, this guy does this for money. He gets paid for these jobs. Uh, right. Whereas Nightwing does it because he believes it, because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Um, and it's, it's showing you the contrast between these two characters and how they're going to butt heads as they're working together as we go forward. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so... Uh, but, you know, he, he basically taunts him into uh, coming, you know, t- uh, whistling the tune again like he did earlier on in the issue. Yeah. Um, and dares him to make a stand, which, of course, is what why Dick leaves poor Barbara. Um, I'll mention the art as well, briefly. Uh, the book's pretty damn nice looking. Um, yeah. Really really can't complain. Uh, beautiful sunsets over Japan. and Actually, is that Japan? I think they're about to meet somebody yeah. else, actually. No, because that's where Batgirl is, right? Yeah, but they said they were going to meet somewhere. It may have been outside of Japan, actually. It was, no, it wasn't was Japan, because they said a Chico, yeah, Hachiko station. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm just misremembering. Yeah. Uh, but no, Dick, Dick ignoring that text at the end. Oofed. Yeah. That hard. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, Raptor kind of revealing himself that he's more, there's more to him, too. He's not just working for the owls. So yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, where do you think they're going with that? What's that? Where do you think they're going with that? <sighs> See, there's something familiar about him, so I don't know if they're going to reveal him to be someone that we've encountered before, or if just he's like a dark version of Nightwing, because that's what they were kind of hinting at. Where Nightwing says that his his fighting style has been called, you know, like jazz. Where where Raptor is similar, but his is like a rap battle. It's way more aggressive. So, but yeah, it's just I I think they're just showing the the mirror and the dark mirror. Yeah, yeah, because Raptor implies that he's actually intending on some way taking down the Parliament as well. But like, you wouldn't think it from the way he acts. Right. But he's he tells Dick that no, there's going to be a lot more hard choices before we even get to that point, which is. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll be more, I don't know, sympathetic as we get along. Maybe we'll actually care about Raptor by the time, you know, he has to leave or gets killed, or maybe he'll be a re- recurring supporting character. 
Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they play that up. But no, that was great. Uh, Nightwing issue 2 was great stuff. That'll take us on to Green Arrow, issue 4, written by Benjamin Percy and drawn by Jean E. Ferraria. Um, what did you think of Green Arrow, issue 4, Matt? The, the art... Um, we had that discussion last time we talked about Green Arrow, that it's mm-hmm. not Otto Schmidt, but here, I think it worked better Okay. Uh, than, than in the last issue. And I like where the story's going, despite, like... This is what Ben Percy did before, where it feels like a Grindhouse-style movie, where things just happen for the easiness of the story. Like, the whole Diggle thing, Mm. like, I thought that was a waste of pages. You know? Like, they could have handled Diggle's return to Arrow better, but... To Green Arrow. It's green arrow. Um, <laughs> don't call it arrow. No, no, no. We don't sorry. do that. Diggle, arrow, my brain went to autopilot. Um, but I do like the, the the symmetry of that is where you get that super goofy thing with with looking like Diggle wants to kill Ollie with the, you know, Diggle saying that green arrow is all of them. It's Ollie and Fife and, and you know, that whole crew. Yeah, no, so, I, that, that, that stuff's fine. I, I, yeah, I wasn't overly keen on Diggle coming in. I did enjoy the issue otherwise, though. I thought the, the art is great. The, the, him fighting the cops at the start was uh, a lot of fun. One of the things I said I really liked about the, the art last time was the sense of motion, and I still think that's there. Um, yep. I really like that. Uh, they did have a nice standoff on the bridge before that, you know, perceived yeah. attempted killing. Um, and uh, as you say, he gets the gang back together. <laughs> Uh, Five comes back on board. And There's something about Five that uh, I don't know if they're setting him up for a turn, or if it really was just about the money. I think that we, we may find out there's more to it, but I don't know if it's going to be a turn because I feel like after okay. Emmy, that'd be a really weird thing to do. Yeah, but see, I still feel like Emmy's not fully turned either. Yeah, but even if she, even if it turns out that she's not really turned, I still think it'd be weird to then do another turn with someone else. Yeah, is there something off about Fife and his his whole thing about money? So, but the Burning Man thing that had for me shades of Temple of Doom, with <laughs> them dipping him in the lie, you know, and yeah, yeah. threatening to do it to Canary. Yeah, we should explain what that is. The 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 Ninth Circle on the Inferno actually dip people into like a pit of boiling water or something. To turn them into the burning men, which we've been as they say, it cleanses yeah, it cleanses them and adds them. So what they're doing is they're getting these homeless people, and the ones that aren't sold to the other people are brought in and turned into burning men, which is like the cult initiation, because they dip them in this boiling lye, and it cleanses them, and they become part of the group now, because they have nowhere else to go. Do you know what? Uh page is really beautiful see when they go to see Fife mm-hmm. and it's the light coming from outside through the blinds and it's like the room's really blue because it's dark but then all the the orange street lights coming through and it's mm-hmm. all the lines of light as they're waking them up it's a really nice page really nice yeah. couple of pages really yeah that's what I was going to say I definitely noticed that the the art took uh, like I was I was down on it last time but took a step up for me 
because of stuff like that with the coloring and is that that page with the standoff on the bridge looks great too because it's like it's symmetrical symmetrical I can't talk you know with them standing there each with a weapon in their hand you know it looks just, it looks real cool yeah um, uh, Ollie being pissed that he finds out they've got uh, Dinah uh, Fife, of course, is located where they are. He's got a smug look in his face as well when he realises he's done that. So our cliffhire is Holly and Diggle on a small boat heading towards Inferno. Uh, yep. So nice big cliffhire, and again, it's a really gorgeous last page. See that? See that last page? The bottom image specifically of them and just the waves and the harshness of the wind. You feel the the rain, the motion, and all of it. Um, and that's what I really yep. love about this art. Uh, and whoever's doing the colouring as well is really good because all, yep. all that stuff with the blinds and the, the way it's playing with light is is really good stuff um, so I thought it was a solid issue I thought it was uh, continuing what Green Arrow's been doing pretty much since it, yep. it since it started so yeah, no, yep. Green Arrow, uh, solid yet again um, alright that'll take us on to sticking with some more green is Green Lantern's yep. issue 4 Written by Sam Humphreys and art by Robson Roca and Ed Beans. So, how did you feel about Green Lantern's issue format? So, I feel like this is my guilty pleasure book, because I know it's not traditionally good, and it's very clunky, but for the character work Humphreys is doing with these characters, I can't not love it. Because the stuff here with Simon and Jessica, and their inner monologues as they're fighting each other, because Jessica... The end of the last issue was consumed by rage. Um, and they, they plummet into the hell tower, which of course doesn't go up, goes down, because it's boring into the earth. Uh, and when they land, Simon has like 2% battery left on his ring. You know, and anyone who's had 2% left on their phone knows how dire that situation is, because it won't let him do anything. He tries to scan for his the stuffed animal he's going to give his nephew. Do you know what? And it so won't that, go. Now that you've pointed that out, I want to. I, mm-hmm. I just want to point out something myself. Yeah. Green Lantern got popular with Jeff Johns, right? Yeah. That also happened to coincide with the rise of phones out in the public and smartphones. It's almost yep. as if that we could finally relate to the charging of a Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which to me, if I was a Green Lantern, I'd never let my my ring get below fifty percent. Mm. You know. Except for like once a month when you just do that so it doesn't mess with the battery, uh, like my phone. But but yeah, so they go they go down to the hell pit and it's just basically the majority of the comic is them hashing out their issues with one another. Where where Jessica thinks that that Simon's too cocky, like he's big man on campus, and she's starting to go back into her self doubt. She also mentions that he has trust issues and brings up the yeah. gun. Like, you don't trust the ring, yeah. which is why you carry that. You have a big trust problem. Right. And I did like that he admitted internally a couple of times, yeah. wait, she's got me. Oh, wait, she's got me again when she points things yep. out. Uh, yep. I did like that. I, I do think it was clunky, though. I do think... Yeah. um, Like, I don't know. It's it, Again, it's, it's kind of like Justice League. Probably slightly under Justice League for me, where it's like... I'm enjoying parts of this, mm-hmm. but there's just like a sort of. I, I think Sam Humphrey's dialogue occasionally just is a little bit off. Yeah. Like he's trying to sound Definitely. witty or smart or 
And he's trying too hard. Yeah, and like, because like, I like the scene of uh, Bazzi's family like dealing with the uh, the Guardian. This right, yeah. some of it was legitimately pretty funny, but some of it was just like oh, he's trying too hard to do the funny line here. Yeah, it gets cringy. Like, mm. like his family doesn't have to be comedians because there's even a joke in there. Like, what passes for comedy in his family? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, like, you know. But, but yeah, I like that. And I love this new Guardian and his whole deal. And he's floating, you know, given, given the kid, the nephew. There's my dog leaving. Because he has to make massive sounds every time he moves. But um, the, he's given the family, like, a brief history of himself. And how he's this rogue guardian and like the guardians that founded the core threw him out and they're too authoritarian for his liking. And I like that type of stuff because that's the stuff that I did like that John's touched on was who are these guys that founded the police force of the universe and why are they so trustworthy? So that sets some stuff up. But to see that image of them, of, of him floating the nephew with everything else in the house, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, and then it, it gets back into the Red Lantern stuff that we talked about that we don't like. Ultron, Matt. Oh. <laughs> Matt's make adventures every week always leads to an Ultron moment. Yep. After X amount of time. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but I was just saying that it goes into the Red Lantern stuff that we aren't enjoying. Although I'm pretty sure you were excited to see Dexter. Actually, oh, yeah. do stuff and not I, just snarl. I'm all for seeing Dexter, because uh, <laughs> you know, best red line. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it was fine. It was it was them. There was some nice stuff with them, like motivating each other, and like she's ready to give up, and he convinces yep. her not to. Like that, that was good stuff. It was good, like team building sort of exercise, and that's yep. what the whole issue was. And I typically like that stuff. And then obviously when the page when they finally grab the lantern and say, right, let's do it, let's recharge. Yep. You know. That's good. Um and it ends with the cliffhanger that they actually run into uh Atrocitus and you know, the whole team of red lanterns. So next time they're gonna actually fight or at least discuss things with them. Right. <laughs> Probably a fight though. Yep. There'll be a lot of red and green in the page. <laughs> not a Christmas special either. Nah, not a Christmas special. Although they've done a Halloween special of this. And, uh... Yeah, I'm very excited just based off of... once I think once we get past the Red Lantern stuff, and we'll still have to deal with Humphrey's weird dialogue, but again, I'm really enjoying this book. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm fine for all with, its flaws. I'm fine with it just now, um, because I do want to have a Green Lantern book, it'd feel weird not having one. Especially when everything else I like's doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I do like Jessica a lot, so... Uh, yeah. No, I'm definitely with it for now. So, um, but now that's uh, Green Lantern's issue four, uh, and that'll take us on to Aquaman issue four, the final book of the week. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how we feel about this one because we were kind of mixed on the last issue. Yeah. And I th- I think this kind of carries over to this one probably very consistently. Uh, yep. There's good. There's bad. I would even I would even say there's bad. There's just there's good. And those mundane. Yeah, I don't... Like, the whole presidential thing and them throwing him in jail, it's very undiplomatic. You know, because they just assume he had something to do with the attack 
on the ship. Yeah. I, I like parts of it. I like the mystery of who did the attack because yeah. like no one in Atlantis can figure it out. It wasn't us. We didn't order it. It wasn't, well, you know... Yeah, what was cool is that there's a Atlantean sword left as a... almost like a message. Yeah. And, and the way that it was left, Merc and, and them were like, well, that couldn't... That's not consistent with with what we do. You know, so I like that, those aspects of it. But I thought the Mara stuff in this one was just weird. Like, I feel like Abnett's trying too hard to make her an ass kicker. Uh, well, I liked her breaking out at the end. Like, mm-hmm. she's had enough. I liked that part of it. But yeah, her on the phone in the, you know, in the, yeah. uh, the White House and, like, arguing yeah. with the press secretary. Like, yeah, that stuff was kind of yeah. gr- a little bit grating. Uh, Black uh, Black Manta uh, with uh, was her face Blackjack? How would I say? No, it wasn't yeah, Blackjack. Yeah. I just don't know that it's Nemo and we got their backstory. Yeah, yeah, and... the lady from Nemo. She's just, yeah. Uh, it's not it's something <laughs> Jack. Jack something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she, yeah, she she's sort of making a sales pitch and he's trying to like you know find out what Nemo is. Yeah, kind of like he has that attitude like you guys and you're crazy organizations i roll solo yeah basically and, nemo's like this organization that's been around for like ever and yeah. but they've been in secret but they're just about ready to make their play to like dominate yeah. the entire planet but the one place they've not dealt with yet is Atlantis. so they're really interested in aquaman um uh, you control the ocean you control the world yeah except so- aquaman controls the ocean and he's having <laughs> diplomatic disputes all over the place exactly so i just <laughs> But no, I loved how dismissive Black Manta was of them. And yeah, but like, for me, the stuff that I enjoyed more on this was the side stuff with mm-hmm. Merc and them going and the uh, special forces team that goes down there to salvage. They have an altercation, so it looks bad on all sides. You know, so it's setting up, you know, this rat's nest of how are they going to deal with it. Yeah. No, it's an okay issue. I, I feel like. I think I really I enjoyed the arc that he did before Rebirth, oddly enough. Yep. And I feel like I know he can he can do an enjoyable arc like that. So I'm looking forward to the next arc now, and I'm just kind of waiting for this one to be over. Yeah, me too. And it's not to say me that it's like you know it's not unbearable, it's not bad even. It's just there. Yeah, it's just it's kind of there. Yeah. Eh. Oh. But yeah, it's okay. It's. I just, I kind of, I feel like we're spinning our wheels with Aquaman. That's it. it station. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It feels like we're spinning our wheels a little bit. Um, like I want to get back to Orm, and that like you have this whole issue of a civil war within, uh, within Atlantis, and you're telling me no one's gone up to get Orm. Yeah, I either do that or give us a monster arc yeah. where there's a kraken and Aquaman yeah. has to go deal with it. You know, that's an arc. Do that. Yeah. That wasn't Jeff Parker's, right? The Karakin? I think so, yeah. Yeah. But you know, give us something like that. Give us some big sea monster starts attacking ships off the coast somewhere and it's like Jaws but on like a huge scale because he's Aquaman and he's got the ocean, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Aquaman meets Jaws is something I definitely want to read. (laughs) Yeah, or even like Moby Dick, like he has to hunt, like he's like Aquaman's hunting the oceans for this one beast, you know? Yeah. Well, see, what got me was, like, in Colin Buns, he was setting up such Lovecraftian stuff, and then it didn't go there. So I would love to see Aquaman deal with horror in that type. And they don't have to tease Cthulhu and whatnot, but just yeah. something bigger 
that only he can kind of deal well, with because it's his realm. That was kind of what I really enjoyed about the arc before Rebirth was it was like about a monster who was like really scary because he could travel through war. Yeah. You know, that that was like the really scary part and it was fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping it gets back to more fun stuff. I feel like the political thing is starting to, you know, yeah. just bog it down a little bit, so... Definitely. Um, yeah, that's Aquaman issue 4. Uh, it's okay. You know? It's okay. Alright, uh, that's all nine books this week then. So, I guess that leaves just a couple of things. First of all, um, we were requested a couple of things this week uh, to maybe possibly try doing on the show um, mm-hmm. from our viewers. And the one that stood out to me was actually, along with best book but obviously we're doing like top five and uh right worst but was to actually uh pick one best panel of the week oh man <laughs> which it sounds tough but it's not necessarily just about art it's just about impact right. like what and i feel like we kind of touch on that a lot anyway i think we've mentioned a few this episode and for me it's actually going to be a really simple one mm-hmm. it's actually and again it may not even be art it may just be the the dialogue it may just be what was said in the panel and it was one that i went on a lot about nightwing i actually for me i'm picking the one where batgirl just flat out like establishes the entire world and nightwing because for me i feel that felt like really important because everything's felt connected anyway up until now like it's felt very like part of the same universe but this was like the first time i feel like so much of it was just connected in a couple of lines of dialogue where it like you know at least the entire bat family feels like they're in the same world where everything yeah. is like interlinking and uh you know it's given respect to each other because you know detective comics is the gotham book you know batgirl's the off in japan nightwing's doing his thing with raptor and parliament owls and he's globetrotting with that everything just felt kind of nicely all linked up and that was cool it made me happy it was nice that it was batgirl again in that that book again making it feel connected because she's not even the main character of that book she's got her own book <laughs> she's, yeah. she's off doing that well i like that it's it makes her a supporting character and you don't have to worry that she's being wasted because she has a whole book full of her own goings-ons you know exactly as long as she doesn't do anything on any rooftops with people she shouldn't be yes fine. yeah yeah definitely uh so i have a feeling I, I have a slight guess as to what yours may be but i will let yeah you but being on the spot, like, had I had I known this going in, and I would have, uh, you know, looked actively. But I'm going to have to go with from Superman, the double page, with... Yeah, with that, that was my guess, let's be honest. Yeah, John and, John and Clark double punching the Eradicator, because uh, it looks so great. And it's them, you know, actively teaming up, because he's in his full Superboy costume now. Yeah. Like, this is kind of the costume we saw with Super Sons. So, which uh, we didn't have news, but apparently, uh, Didio and maybe John's or was it Jim Lee? I don't know. But so Dan Didio and someone at a panel confirmed that mm-hmm. uh, Super Sons and JLA are coming in twenty seventeen. So don't look for them in the uh, November and December solicits if you were uh, well, keeping Super any Sons eye out. Can't cam can't come quick enough. So you but, al- yeah, you almost dropped a C bomb there. That's what it I almost like. did. But I'm tired. And it was <laughs> and it, still it, surprise. It clearly wasn't intentional because it made no sense in the context of the sentence. Yeah. But still, <laughs> I didn't though. That's the important uh, part. Matt, Matt's a very angry man this morning. Apparently, <laughs> he's dropping C bombs left and right in places that don't make sense. Not not so much angry, just tired. It's been a uh, long day. Oh. 
so yeah, let's do our top fives then of the mm. week. Mm. Um, so I'll I'll jump in first. Now I don't have anything from Connor. Uh, I I will be keeping track of what his number one pick was for our records, but he didn't have a chance to read all his books as I said at the start of the show. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to uh, go with the two of us. So I'm going to jump in first. I I am going to put for the second week in a row. Nightwing has taken the top spot. Uh, Dick has come first twice. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't help yourself, could you? Um, for all the reasons stated, for the the, the way the the book is analysing the character, comparing him to Raptor. Raptor is a partner slash antagonist is making him question himself and his own methods, the relationship with Barbara, the way that's linking together and the, the way that that's uh, just really charming and giving the book a heart. Like there's a, mm-hmm. there's like a real heart to it, which Dick has anyway, but the fact that we're getting that relationship is like, means a lot to me. And then on top of that, the actual plot being a really good bit of self uh, analysis for Dick is a uh, really, really cool. So no, re- really great issue. Uh, and then in second place, Probably go with Batman. Okay. And then Superman. And then fourth place, I'd probably go with Justice League. And then in fifth place, Green Arrow. And that's your that's your top five. So. Oh. Uh so for mine, I'm gonna go with Superman. I love Bibbo, the pocket scene. In the panel I just discussed. Now, I could check later, but just off yeah. the top of your head, is that 4 for 4 on Superman? No, uh, uh, probably on the weeks at Superman. Yeah, obviously, action didn't always win, but Superman. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, and then uh, I'll go Nightwing, because for all the reasons that Pete said, because I do, I'm enjoying Raptor as a foil for Dick, so foil for Dick is such a weird sentence. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go Batman for the uh, three. I'm trying to think of why it would be third because it is it's just solid. I can't nothing pops up why it would be third besides it's just a good read. And I guess that's not a slight. You know what I mean? Ah, okay. Like, oh, this came in third. I know. And then mm, I would love to shock everybody and say Harley. <laughs> watch Pete's face melt, but that that'd be a lie. Yeah, you uh, watch a lie. That would be a lie. Ah oh, man, this one's tough this week because again, every everything was kind of at the, about the same level. Uh, so man, so much pondering over numbers four and five. It it is because I know five is Green Lanterns, just because it's oh, Green right. Lanterns is it's so clunky. So I'll go Green Arrow then at number four. Right, okay. For the art and whatnot. And I almost forgot Green Arrow came out. My brain kept saying Detective Comics. I was like, that was last week, brain. Yes, and yes. That, that would have been up week. towards the top anyways because it's yeah. been so good. Yes, last week and next week. <laughs> yep. Um, and bottom place for me is obviously Harley. Like, I just, no. I just didn't drop. I struggled to get through it. No. Yeah. So. Fair uh, enough, man. Everyone has their taste. Like, you know, and that definitely... When I was reading Harley, I was having like, this is not the type of Pete's book. Yeah. So. Yeah. All, all that leads me to do is to tell you what's coming next week. And once again, we have more new books. We have three new books next week. We have All-Star Batman issue one, 
we have Superwoman issue 1, and we have Deathstroke Rebirth issue 1. I am looking forward to two of those. Yep. Uh, we also have Action Comics 961, Detective Comics 938, The Flash issue 4, New Superman issue 2, Wonder Woman issue 4. Also, Connor on his own will be covering Red Hood and the Outlaws issue 1. <laughs> and also coming next week, but I don't believe any of us are covering it, is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps issue 2. Uh, I believe oh. that was the first universal drop um, yeah. from us last week. But uh, I'll, I'll still let you know what all the books are coming out, though. Yeah, I'll always put them in the list at the end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's what's coming next week. Uh, well, yeah. a big week. They're all big weeks now. There's so much that's launched, and they're all double shipping most of them. So yeah, everything's a big week. Uh, but no, that brings an end to episode eleven of Comics from the Multiverse. Uh, we thank you very much for watching and or listening. We always do. Let us know what you think of the books in the comments below if you're on YouTube, or you can tweet at us at mailed underscore fuzz. Email is mailfuzz at gmail.com and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot. Also, like and subscribe, all that jazz. As I said at the top of the show, um, over the Mailfuzz Movies YouTube channel, you can check out our Suicide Squad full spoiler review uh, sometime on Sunday evening. Uh, yeah, Matt's pointing to the annotation over there. Uh, which, of course, if you're watching this before Sunday night, the link won't take you to Suicide Squad. It'll just no. take you to the channel because it doesn't exist yet. Um no. But also, you can also just check out our Batman v Superman review over there and uh, various other things. Um, yep. But just warning, it will likely be a very negative review. Just a just bit of a warning, that's all. Uh, also, check out everything else we do. We do horror movie stuff over there. Uh, also on the TV channel, which this is also on, you can get all of our weekly TV reviews and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's all that. This has been episode 11 of Comments from the Multiverse, guys. <sighs> My God, these are a marathon sometimes. That said, though, they are. I've noticed we're about 15, 20 minutes shorter than last week, and I think that's just because there's not a third person <laughs> giving his thoughts on everything as well. Yeah. So, hey. Uh, so, coach from the Movers, guys. Yeah, yeah I, didn't even say, I didn't even say that word. That was that was despicable. Matt, Matt's turn. This is running rough. Yeah. See, look. Look. I couldn't even finish that He's sentence. He's slowly becoming plastic man in front of our eyes. I couldn't even finish that sentence. I was going to say Matt's tiredness is rubbing off on me and it just completely went somewhere else. So I'm going to wrap this up before it completely self-detonates. Thank you for watching and listening, guys. We will see you next time. Keep reading comics and remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. Long live the Legion.